This is episode 81 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus Mountains of Russia. My name's Andrew. My name is Eli. Welcome back to the show. Andrew, we are officially a square number. Hey, okay. it took me a second. Tick, tick, nine times nine. <laughs> that's, I guess that's on the very... What are you doing to end out your summer, Andrew? How are you winding down this bizarre summer season? Yes. Well, um, you know, in Russia, September 1st is uh, always historically the first day of school. So we're definitely counting down. Um, we, for the first time in over five years living here, finally went to the local water park the other week. Well, wasn't it the first time it's been open in five years? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Part of the issue with this thing, it's this huge, like, yellow, giant, kind of ugly-looking building from the outside. You see it drive... Babylonian-themed or something, or... or, or... Yeah, there's, like, pillars and... Yeah, yeah. You drive past it on the highway, and you're like, how many years has that been closed? But then when you go inside, it is incredible. Like, my senses were overwhelmed when I walked inside. By, by, Colors, by what? Oh, really? Colors. Like, it's really colorful, all kinds of cool, huge uh, slides and stuff. And they even uh, have water we in went them. With our, yeah, and we went with our family. Um, you know, I have three kids under eight. But I think I had the most fun of everybody. I don't doubt that for a minute. <laughs> Well, so that was that was great. There's um, some water slides sure. here. Uh, we're back in central Washington now, my family, and um, there a new YMCA opened with slides coming out the walls and stuff, you know, and it's closed, of course. So my uh-huh. children are they were all like unclothed in the backyard with hoses going and throwing mud at each other the other day. Just some like good, <laughs> clean country fun. Primordial, very primeval. <laughs> I mean, one of them primeval filled up way. one of these Rubbermaid tubs of water and just like got in. So, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, that's awesome. There's there's some good movies coming out. I I'm pretty excited for. I think it's the third Bill and Ted's. Now it's like a reunion with Keanu Reeves. Anyway, um, but I have a little <laughs> news minute related to movies. Okay. By the way, are theaters open there in Washington State? No, no. Ah. I'm pretty sure they are in Moscow, but they're not here in Pitygorsk. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I don't okay. know. Okay. But this one's a, a little dated. I mean, it, you, you, I don't know if you are a Star Wars fan. Did you see The Last, yeah, yeah. The I've last seen them Jedi? All. Yeah. Yes, I've seen them all. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the last three, I think, had some great moments. But if you remember, at the end of The Last Jedi, there's this little boy who's sweeping. And he like uh-huh. looks to the stars, right? And he, he reaches for the broom and the broom just comes to him. You're like, oh, the force is strong with this one. And it's like, there's going to be more. Like that kid yes, it... is from the North Caucasus. Really? Yes. Temerlane Blayev, 10-year-old native of kabardina Balkaria, but huh. living in London okay. with his family. And wow. do you want to know what's funny? His character name, his real name is Tamerlane Blyev. His character name is Temiri Blog. <laughs> Blag. And you kind of get the sense that they're like, well, let's just sort of change his name. <laughs> That's, his original name is close to what we were going for on this foreign planet. I mean, you know, you have to name... He's sort of like a featured extra, but he had a name, so that's big for... Anyway, so, wow. Kabardina Barkaria in Star Wars. Wait, so is he... 
Is he plan? Are they planning to have his character like no. be the next no. thing? No, because they finished out the 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 what the nanology. No, I think he was. Yeah, but there's nine of them. I mean, come on, can't you make a tenth? Um, I guess one could, <laughs> but I didn't see him in, in the last one. So that's our news ah. minute for today. Wow, very cool. The things you never knew, you never knew. Yeah, man. Well, let's, uh, Eli. This this topic that we are going to dig into today is this one. This is a a big one, maybe the biggest one. If you thought the Democratic and Republican National Conventions were something, just wait. <laughs> we have convened also our own uh, virtual convention. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, two person attendance is a little lower. But Andrew, so we're talking about religion in the North Caucasus, but this has been a long time coming because, yep. and we've been, it's not that we've been avoiding it, it's we've been like building up to it, I think, because we really are interested go. in this topic. I like that. And um, it's a wonderful topic to discuss. There's a ton, a ton to talk about, and it's part of everyday life. It's part of everyday relationships. So Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and like with you and I both having... What's great about this discussion is we've, you know, you and I both have a lot of years of living here. I think combined, is it nine years? Yeah, uh, sure. We've both lived, yeah, in the, in the Caucasus. And so, um, yeah, you know, you learn things from, of course, reading and researching and studying, but uh, often the best kind of learning is from your, like, everyday interactions and conversations with it people. It definitely adds, experiences. yeah, it adds a, a, a little bit of, of texture to the 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 facts that you read in books or the yeah um so this is gonna uh we're just we're gonna record this a really long conversation listeners just so you know it, it's probably gonna be end up kind of split into multiple um episodes like three or seven three to seven <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep it under seven <laughs> um but uh I want to give some disclaimers up front because uh, this is this is can be a dicey topic. What's funny is it's not really an everyday life here, you know. But depending on what part of the world you're from, like religion can be a taboo sub- it's subject. It's not dicey everyday here, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, um, in fact, so this whole let, episode is just going to be disclaimers. We just got it. We have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Every potentially uh, controversial thing we say, we will then give a disclaimer. Um, no, but here, here's some disclaimers just to give context. Um, so, uh, first disclaimer is we intend for this, uh, like with many of our episodes to be a broad overview of the topic of religion in the region. For sure. Um, so, uh, there's been times where people thought we should have gone like deeper into a subject, uh, or we didn't cover, you know, every possible angle. And, um, they would be right. Yeah. I, yeah, they would be like, it's. I think a lot of what this podcast is about is it's not Caucasus 101, but it's helping giving, helping to give like a different, right. um, fresh, but also introductory yeah. um, look at the Caucasus. It's caucus, so, it's caucus talk. It's not like caucus research. Okay. So that's right. Yeah. So we're going to, um, it's going to be like a really wide, shallow body of water we're going into here. <laughs> And we'll, we'll like step into some like deeper, deeper parts at certain points. For sure. Yeah. Uh, obviously number two, uh, we do want to present objectively as possible. 
um, and give the big picture. And, you know, Eli and I are very aware we have our biases. For sure. Um, one of our biases is we always try to speak positively about the region. Um, yes, intentional bias. Yeah, and but, like, we both come uh, from the United States, and so we know that affects how we view things. Um, but it actually is one reason we didn't bring a local guest onto the show for this podcast was because we, we wanted to try to give, um, you know, there's different religions, different nationalities here, different parts of history. We wanted to try to cover broadly everything without, you know, showing favoritism either one way or the other. So, sure. you know, obviously we probably will fall short in that. And that leads to my third disclaimer, wherever we do fall short and make mistakes, please forgive us. Yep. In advance. <laughs> And uh, in the light of in light of talking about religion, let's have some forgiveness here, <laughs> right? <laughs> and but it's also an invitation to to have more conversation. You know, if you if you're hearing something that rubs you the wrong way, you think we're way off on, like please, like you know, email us, let us know, because we'd love to to have that conversation, keep growing in our understanding. Yeah, and that does happen pretty regularly. Actually, we'll hear from somebody yeah. after an episode, and yeah, so um. Third or fourth disclaimer, um, often when you read on the internet, like if you Google, you know, religion in the North Caucasus or something, you'll find uh, articles or focuses on one specific part of the history in the region Mm -hmm. or one specific, uh, you know, focus on a kind of religion in the region. And we're not really going to do that. Um, So like, the the narrative here today, it's not going to be a like very black and white one, you know, where, and often that's what you see in the news these days. It's like Muslim versus Christian or radical versus tolerant, or, um, you know, we only focus on one, uh, event in history sure. and act like that describes everything. Right. And I think, I think that is amplified with the, the past of conflict, the conflict past here in the North Caucasus that is, does relate to religion. So it's very easy to camp out on one aspect of that. So, um, yeah, it, that's a good way of putting it. It's not going to be exactly black and white. We're not picking sides. We're going to do our best to describe what we've learned, but also what we've seen. You know, I think what we want to bring to the table is our personal experience as Westerners here with locals, um, about religion. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I think that's what um, something really unique we can bring to the conversation is beyond knowing the history, um, kind of the the big picture, uh, you know, having lived here, every person you have a conversation with will tell you something different. And that you end up with a really rich perspective when that's the case um, and nuanced, I would say. So, yeah. Um, Eli, let me give our four kind of, uh, I guess, uh, main points we're going to hit, and then let's jump in. All right, so Eli, let me uh, give kind of our four main talking points we're going to have just to kind of frame this conversation, and then we'll get started, okay? Uh, Point number one, religion in the North Caucasus is diverse. All right. So I think often you hear... Uh, a lot of times people often think Islam and that's it. And Islam is a big part of the North Caucasus, but it's not the only piece of the pie here. And so we're going to kind of look at that um, from a wider perspective. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, religion in the North Caucasus is ancient. 
Uh, that's for sure, because yes, <laughs> like ev- like every like with everything here, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, we're gonna look at you know what were some of the beginnings of uh, some of the different uh, religious beliefs and systems here, uh, and compare to how things are today. Um, so I think that'll give a real good idea of you know what a big subject we're dealing with here. Number three. Religion in the North Caucasus is fluid. I like this one. Yeah. Uh, what do you like about it? Well, I like it because it's very it's very realistic um, and true to fact, like true to history, that when you talk, you know, demographics, you know, this percentage of that people is this religion or whatever, like it's a snapshot. And it's true right. for a moment, for a place, for a time. Yeah. And it's useful, but but nothing, you know, it does never stay the same. And, and we all, like, we come from somewhere and we're going somewhere. So that's true for uh, this region and true for religion in this region. Yeah, that's right. And, like, yeah, I think a lot of, some people may have a good grasp on how it is today or how it was even 50 years ago or 150 years ago, but that doesn't mean that's how it was 500 years ago, you know, or even before that. And so that's, that's really interesting looking at. So, yeah. Uh, point number four, religion in the North Caucasus is nuanced. What do you mean by that? Um, I mean that uh, what you may see kind of at the big picture societal level uh, is not necessarily going to be reflected at the, uh, one-on-one individual level, what you learn sure. when you talk to people. And so we're going to kind of compare, here's what you see in society, but here's what you'll hear when you actually talk to people. Yeah. And that, that really ha- will be focused on a lot more on how religion is today, uh, what role it plays today in the region. Yeah. Excellent. So with that being said, let's get started. Fasten go. your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so number one, religion is diverse obviously islam is associated with north caucasus so talk about this diversity a little bit yeah well why don't we start and look at religion in russia as a whole um because the north caucasus is a small um part of a of the world's largest country geographically um and so that's actually interesting comparing uh those two things so in russia as a whole um, the, you know, current statistics say about 70% of, uh, people in Russia are Russian Orthodox of the Christian Orthodox faith. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next largest, uh, faith system would be Islam somewhere in the 10 to 15% range for the whole country, for the whole country. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, after that, they say about 15% of people would be unaffiliated. And so I think with that, you're looking at um, some people who might have religious beliefs, but they don't associate themselves with a major religion. But I think a lot of that too is left over from kind of the communist beliefs of the Soviet Union from the 20th century. There's a, there still are a good number of people in Russia who, uh, don't necessarily have a like 
very uh, kind of militant atheist view of the world, but don't really believe in much, you know, supernaturally. Sure. Um, yeah, so there's some of that. Uh, after that, the numbers really drop. Uh, there, some stats say about two to three percent of the population would be a form of Christianity other than orthodoxy. So, you know, whether that's uh, some different kind of arm of uh, mainly from the Protestant leg of Christianity, right. Baptists, mm-hmm. Pentecostals, um, even other groups like Seventh Day Adventists, Jehovah's Witnesses, etc. Does Catholic fit into there, or is there just like does it not even yeah. show up on the map? Uh, it's like a very small percentage. I know there are, um, I know, especially you, you have to assume like in Moscow, you know, um, but that would probably primarily be like people from Catholic countries. Um, yeah. After that point, uh, pretty much everything else is less than 1%. You have, there are some native peoples in Russia who, uh, have Buddhist beliefs, adhere to Buddhism. Uh, there are now uh, less than one percent would be considered Jewish. There used to be a larger Jewish population, but it's it's much smaller now. And then there are, of course, lots of other groups as well. And then we're going to hit on this uh, in specific to the Caucasus, but there are, uh, you know, th- there's lots of words to use for this. But traditional religions slash animistic slash pagan religions, however you want to uh, call that. Um, sure. but you'll find that as well here in the Caucasus and in other parts of Russia. Um, so I would say like in any part of the world, um, you know, it's convenient to, you know, s- say, oh, they're, uh, they're really devout, they're radical or something, you know, but I, I think realistically m- in most parts of the world, most adherents to most religions have a more nominal kind of cultural identity connection to their religion. Um, Mm. you know, it plays some role in their life, but it's not like the major guiding factor. Um, so I think that's good to remember as we talk about this Mm -hmm. and yeah. So, uh, let's, let's hone in on specifically the Islam piece of this 10 to 15% of all of Russia, because a good percentage of that is here in the Caucasus. Sure. Um, now, just so you know, listeners, the, the Caucasus is not the only primarily uh, Muslim region of Russia. There are several other states that are primarily Muslim. One of them is Tatarstan, uh, which is central Russia. Uh, if you've heard of the city Kazan, Kazan, Kazan is the capital. Yeah, it's, they call it like the third capital of Russia now. It's a right. really developing area, extremely beautiful city. Um, but Tatars are historically a Muslim people. And then there's another state called Bashkortostan, uh, which is farther east uh, from Tatarstan. And the Bashkir people are also historically Muslim. What's the capital there? And Ufa? Ufa, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of in the uh, Ural region, right? Or past that? Yes. And that's where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Andreas, our Austrian friend, who he and his wife started uh, this kind of off-roading Dagestani yes, Jeep from, company. They he, were, they, Ufa, right? Yes, I think they were in Ufa. That sounds right. That's right, yeah. So, um, yeah. And you know then, what's interesting about Kazan? Uh-huh. So when, when Westerners hear the word Kremlin, they usually think of the Kremlin in Moscow, but Kremlin right. is a generic word for castle or fortress, and right. every ancient city in Russia has a Kremlin. So if you go... Yeah. 
on your touring, you see the Kremlin at this place or that place or that place. That's right. And I don't know about other cities, but Astrakhan. Uh, sorry, I don't know about other <laughs> cities, but Kazan has a Kremlin with up on a hill. They've got uh, the walled fortress, and inside they've built both a church, an Orthodox church, and a mosque, oh. which is obviously a very loaded, intentional um, kind of show of unity, right. tolerance, but also the presence of the Muslim population there that, you know, Tatars, it's like, we're in the center of this as much as as the Russian influence. Have you yeah, seen that yeah. anywhere else, Andrew? Uh, I mean, honestly... Here in the Caucasus, you see that some like Kislovodsk is a good example. Kislovodsk, uh, right across the street from each other, is the central mosque, uh, as well as the uh, central Orthodox church in the city. Right, right. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, and then uh, another really important piece is you know the Soviet Union was comprised of fifteen different countries, um, and uh, there in Central Asia, all of them are historically Muslim, and there are many uh, immigrants in Russia today from Central Asia. So these are the countries of uh, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so uh, there are many people from those uh, countries living in Russia today. And most of them uh, are of Muslim background. And so that that also kind of adds to the percentage of uh, Muslims in Russia. So that's kind of the makeup as Russia as a whole, of Islam in Russia as a whole. Uh, but obviously, like, if you're looking at a region of, the Caucasus, of, of Russia that's really known uh, for being primarily Muslim, it is the North Caucasus. Sure. Um, so if we look at, the Caucasus, specifically the North Caucasus, um, you know, it de- would depend who you would ask, but the region as a whole, you're looking at um, 80 to 85, maybe even 90% of the North Caucasus identifying as Muslim. And, you know, especially the farther east you go, uh, particularly Ingushetia, Chechnya, Dagestan, at this point, you're looking at 95 to 99% probably of people identifying as Muslim. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. And I th- you were on this point of diversity. Um, you, you might be getting to it, but I think it's really important to point out that there is a ton of diversity within Islam, and it's not yes. subtle or minor. Um, and that's something that I think um, many folks who just you know aren't familiar with Islam might not realize uh, it's really fascinating, and a lot of cross currents in the North Caucasus yes. with these with different strands of Islam. Yeah, and we are going to talk about that. Thanks for bringing that up. Why don't we start with that? Because obviously, when you talk about religion in the North Caucasus, you need to start with Islam because it is the primary religion here. Um, right. <clears throat> you know, so there's seven republics here in the region. Uh, f- five of the seven have Islam as their kind of the main. Uh, religion of the people in the region, Dagestan, Chechnya, Ingushetia, Kabardino, Bulgaria, and Karachay, Cherkessia. Um, the two republics uh, that uh, at least Islam isn't the primary religion uh, would be North Ossetia and Adygea. 
now there still, of course, are uh, Muslims in those regions, um, but Adigea has uh, more Russians who live in that republic than well, the local Adig people. Let me give an let me give a real life example of that. Yeah. <laughs> so last year, I traveled to Dagestan to look for an apartment, and it was during the month of Ramadan when Muslims fast from sunrise to sunset. And uh-huh. we left Dagestan after just a day or two looking uh, for apartments and um, didn't get, didn't eat before we left and thought not very carefully, well, we'll grab something on the road. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was nothing on the road. And I mean dozens and dozens and dozens of gas stations, food trucks, restaurants, cafes, <laughs> totally closed. Not like, oh, the Muslims aren't going to eat, but everyone else will, because there was sort of not really everyone else. Yeah. And so wow. we drove through Dagestan, of course, through Chechnya, through Ingushetia. We're like, ah, there's no food. And, and of course, <laughs> that's like, a lot of driving. I know. And we felt like total jerks for like just checking, you know, at a, like, pulling over, like, you guys don't <laughs> have any food. And they're like, no. We're like, no, I mean, of course you don't. I just, <laughs> so I don't know, two PM or something, we pull into Assetia and like we veer off the <laughs> first yeah, the first Assetian pie restaurant. We're like, got some big Assetian pies. So uh, <laughs> but I mean like the gas station where they normally sell food, like the the shelves were cleared, you know, totally empty out of reverence for the holiday. And now that I've having huh. lived there, I've seen that too, you know. Um yeah. restaurants, cafes, everything ever totally Pull shut down till till sunset. So that's a great. I said he has a example. place in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Those pies. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, of course, in Assetia and Adigea, there are um, uh, Muslims there, but they're just not the 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 majority. Um, but yeah, that being said, uh, Islam is the primary religion in the region. Uh, but like you said, there's a lot of diversity within that. Um, there are some parts of the region and some people who are extremely deser- uh, devout and conservative. Um, there are others who uh, it's much more of a kind of cultural identity part of their life. doesn't sure. play a major role. They're much more nominal. Um, and so, you know, it would be, it would be easy to say, um, you know, all English Chechens and Dagestanis are devout and, you know, all Kabardians and, you know, West are, you know, it's more cultural and nominal, but that's extremely, you know, taking a very dogmatic approach to it. It's just not that simple. You know, I think if you look at societies, uh, the Eastern republics are more conservative as societies with the type of form of dress, um, kind of the role of Islam you seeing playing at a societal level. Sure. Um, more in public life. Yeah. I think that's a, a good observation. Yes, but it does not, and you don't see that as much, you know, from Nautic and over to the West, but that does not at all reflect on how individuals actually relate to their religion. Within the more conservative parts of the region, you can can easily connect with people who Islam doesn't play a big role in their life. And in the more uh, kind of, you could say Russianized or like where they're not quite, Islam isn't quite at the forefront in society. You can meet very devout individuals, you know, so it is very diverse. I mean, I remember 
asking that of Timbalot when we were talking about Circassian identity for him. Like, huh. I, I ventured out, like, well, how does it re- you know, relate to Islam? And he says, you can't, you can't take them apart. For him, you know, even though maybe in KBR, it's uh, Kabardin Balkaria, it's not like as, as prominent in public life for him, you know, in terms of his identity, they couldn't be separated. So, no, right. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, within Islam, you know, probably some of our listeners are familiar with this, others aren't, but there are two kind of main uh, strands of um, within the uh, Muslim religion. The majority of people in Islam would identify as Sunni Muslims. Um, and this is the majority, this is the majority of the North Caucasus. Um, that you could say, like, maybe is more mainstream Islam. Um, then, but there are pockets of Shia Muslims here, or Shiite uh, Muslims. Uh, they are mainly in Derbent in southern Dagestan, um, and then uh, Azerbaijan is right south of Dagestan. Az- Azerbaijan is primarily uh, adheres to Shia Islam, and so um, yeah, there's influence there between those two countries. Yeah, and actually, even in Vladikavkaz. There was a Shia mosque built in the 19th century, huh. uh, kind of from Iranian and Azeri influence, um, but it's uh, no longer functioning today. But you, you see, like, there was some of that influence here, even in the Central Caucasus. Within that piece, uh, so like for Shia, for example, I know uh, coming up soon, there's a holiday called Ashura. Uh, this will be celebrated mainly in Derbent in southern Dagestan, and it won't be celebrated uh, in the rest of the Caucasus. It's you know there are differences of in beliefs, uh, mm-hmm. holidays, maybe practices, subtle practices within the two different strands of Islam, uh, and you, that you can see here in the region. And then one of the things that is more u- unique to the North Caucasus that you can read about online is even this. It's called Sufi Islam. Uh, Sufism, which you would find in parts of Chechnya, Ingushetia, and even Dagestan. For sure. Um, it's, you know, again, this can be controversial, but it, it, it would depend who you would ask. Uh, some Sufis would say, yeah, we're, we're part of uh, Sunni Islam. Uh, others who are not Sufis may look negatively at that. Uh, we're not going to get super into detail into like the differences in practice. Um, one of the things the Sufis are famous for is it's a kind of like ritual dance slash song called the Zikr that they mm-hmm. do. Um, yeah, but that is pretty unique to that that part of the Eastern Caucasus. It is unique, and I think it's fascinating because, uh, particularly in Chechnya, I, I don't know a ton about uh, about it, but uh, in Chechnya you, you do tend to have a stricter form of Sunni Islam. So. Uh-huh. But so the, the so Suf, Sufism originated in the early kind of in the Middle Ages, like in the eleven, twelve hundreds, twelve, thirteen hundreds, as a branch of of somewhat mystical or mystical approach to God. So not rejecting um, Islam proper, but kind of broadening it or or seeking more direct personal experience of God. And so uh-huh. they've become known for, you know, an emphasis on God's love and on uh, de- personal devotion and affection for God. And 
along with that, a use of the arts. So one of the, uh-huh. the tensions within Islam, like you mentioned, is are these are these guys in the family or not? You know, and uh-huh. it's uh, pretty much none of my business to weigh in on that. Um, but I've read that certainly some uh, some reject it outright and every form of it uh, uh-huh. inside Islam. Some say it's fine, and there's this kind of interesting uh, middle opinion of kind of reluctant acceptance, which is uh, also interesting to me. Uh, my take on it, uh, again, I could be wrong, but I, I see it as um, kind of like we we do want there to be room. We acknowledge there should be room for these affections and ways of connecting with God, but we can't really justify it. So I, uh, But we kind of want it uh, in in the faith or, or can see that it, it can be there. Uh, I've, I've read about that sort of middle attitude also. So, so in Chechnya, to have this this mix of very strict, kind of more Arab style uh, Islam, but with yeah. this kind of um, underbelly of the zikr and Sufism, where there is dancing, there's chanting, and I probably wouldn't say it's singing, um, it's right. just a totally interesting mix to me, and part of the character mm. of yeah, it does, the I do think it reflects kind of the diversity and yeah of the region, um, and like. Again, Eli, neither Eli and I are Muslims, and so, you know, we can't speak from personal experience of, of like, we're not going to dig into the doctrines and the theology of what's right and what isn't right. Um, but it is just to give an overview to present that it is here, you know? Um, and I would also and, say that, that those things like dance or music or dress that aren't in the core of a, aren't core tenets per se, but are more tertiary, secondary kind of outer issues, those are often the touch points. You know, those those are the places uh-huh. where people will kind of start the conversation or differ or demarcate yeah. where they, you know, where they are. And I think that's true of a lot of religions. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um I hear the uh the ethnographer and you coming out here a little, uh, Eli, no. some of your observations. It's <laughs> really good. Um and then uh often You'll see these terms, uh, I think, pulled out in news reports on the region, but maybe more quote unquote fundamental strains of Islam uh, would be they could either be called Salafis or Wahhabis uh, mm-hmm. that you will find in the region as well. And, right. you know, everybody has an opinion on if that's a good or bad term, whether it's a local Muslim, whether it's the state, um, you know what have you. But like, yeah, of course it's like with any religion, there are more, um, yeah. To say like, it's one whole, one big hole and there's no elements of diversity within it. Like it would just be not true to say that, you know? So it's just to point that out now, of course, uh, Islam is not the only religion in the region. Um, we are in Russia. And so, uh, of course there are, um, there is, there are Orthodox Christian uh, temples or churches uh, throughout the region, um, mainly Russians and Armenians uh, would be the ones who uh, attend Russian Orthodox churches, if you're looking at nationalities. Um, and in the majority of larger cities in the North Caucasus, uh, you're going to find a Russian Orthodox church, if not more than one. Um, part of that is because uh, you know, in the 20th century, uh, there were a lot more Russians that lived in the region. Um, 
And, you know, with everything that kind of happened with the Chechen wars in the 90s and the late 2000s, a lot of Russians uh, did move back up north. It was really unstable. Um, but there, so, but there is still, yeah, pockets of Russian Orthodox believers. There are Russian Orthodox churches. Actually, as far as I know, uh, every Republic has a Russian Orthodox church. And of course, some of them have a lot more than just one Orthodox church, but except for Ingushetia, as far as I know, Ingushetia does not have a Russian Orthodox church. Yeah. It's a very, very, um, just, yeah, conservative Muslim society. We have we have one in Mahachkala, but it took yeah. me about seven months to find it. I mean, I thought I was looking, but <laughs> it's not exactly downtown. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, among uh, Caucasus peoples, uh, there's a pretty well-known community of Kabardians in Mazdok, North Ossetia, who are Orthodox, uh, Christian Orthodox. And, and is that a holdover historically? Did have yes. they remained Orthodox? Yes, and we're going to touch on that later. But um, before before most of the Caucasus peoples accepted Islam, uh, different ones of them uh, were Christian. Uh, and so, um, yeah, that is a holdover. Uh, I don't know a lot about them. I haven't interacted with them, but I've heard about them from some of my Kabardian friends. Um, read about well, I mean, them as just touring well. Dagestan. You, there's a lot of there's a lot of historical Christian landmarks too. Um, uh, you know, a friend who took us into the mountains stopped at a, a church, a really ancient church. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not functioning; it's it's empty now. Um, but and you know, and there's there's historical Christian grave sites and stuff. So there, when you when you go when you're talking about you know these regions that go back thousands of years, you know, you're going to have layers right. and layers. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, um, we're going to talk about that kind of in the history piece. There are some really ancient churches here. It's pretty fascinating. Um, of course, throughout the region as well, there's also, um, different, uh, forms of Protestant Christianity, um, Baptists, Pentecostals, you know, this word is thrown around a lot in the West, but evangelicals kind of, uh, yeah. Christians who aren't in the main Orthodox or Catholic strain, right. But Protestants, um, and you can find, yeah, those churches, uh, in different republics. Um, yeah, so that that's here as well. And that, I mean, that could be really all nationalities. Of course, you know, Armenians and Georgians are, uh, historically Christian or Orthodox. Um, but yeah, there are others here as well that, um, profess that faith. Mm -hmm. There are still, um, small Jewish communities here in the region. Uh, just like in greater Russia, there used to be a much larger Jewish population in the Caucasus. Yeah. Um, it's much smaller now. Um, I know in Pitygorsk, we actually have some Jewish neighbors and there's a Jewish school in our city as well as a Jewish synagogue. Yeah. There's a synagogue in Mahachkala also. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pretty fascinating. Um, and then uh, we really can't get deep into this, but one of the more interesting stories of uh, Judaism in the North Caucasus are the what were called the Mountain Jews in Dagestan. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say their roots go as far back as 5th century BC coming from Persia. Um, but there still are small pockets of them in Dagestan and 
in some of the lowland Dagestani cities, the Jewish populations, but kind of with everything that happened in the Soviet Union, and then especially when uh, the Soviet Union crumbled, a lot of Jews uh, left Russia, either went to Israel, Europe, or the United States. You know, my first Lesginka teacher was a mountain Jew in Pitygorsk. Really? Uh-huh. Yes, okay. and she taught at Pitygorsk State University. She taught economics and then, like, taught dance at night. She's talented and energetic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and then uh, I think two other ones we, we have to hit on. Uh, there are the kind of what would be called either traditional religions or pagan or animistic religions here in the region. Primarily, primarily today, they're still pretty strong among the Ossetians and the Abhazians. Um, and, but a lot of the different nationalities here do have elements of that in their past. Um, and as they've mainly as that they've, they've embraced Islam, most of that is gone now. Um, but yeah, these are, uh, yeah, kind of beliefs about nature or kind of their own kind of polytheistic religion where there's multiple deities or, um, goddesses, um, I would I would venture to say it's gone formally certainly and systemic systematically um I think though that when you have when religions come in by con- by conquest you can see this with catholicism a lot um a lot of places those those pagan roots or those traditional roots are never totally replaced they're just right. Uh, layered over. And so we go around the world from, you know, Islam in West Africa and Islam Islam in East Africa to, for example, or in the Caucasus, like to uh, Central Asia, Kazakhstan or something. There are a lot of differences on the practical level, not, you know, not on the, you know, click us, about us, you know, tab on the website, Right. Like what we believe formally, but like how things are practiced, that goes straight back to those roots. Um, and the same thing, like if you look in Latin America, anywhere where Catholicism has taken root, there's a there's a very clear blending sometimes of those traditional um, systems and and mindsets and the Catholic form. Um, so I yeah I do they are gone, but um, I wouldn't say that they're they've disappeared. They, you know they're gone overtly. Well, um, maybe I'm getting to the nuance. Later, yeah, I but. think this is where <laughs> when you talk to people, you learn a lot because. A, a lot of the history that people will tell you of their nationality right. will uh, be tied to either these legends or these beliefs that are still observed in some way or the other. And like I know in Assetia and <clears throat> Abhazia, there are these like holy places. Uh, they're protected where people go, kind of in the high places, you know, that you read about maybe in ancient, ancient scriptures. Uh, that they go to either offer sacrifices or do their prayers or on certain holidays. Um, yeah, that is shrines, right? Shrines. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you'll find that with, with <laughs> Islam too, throughout the mountains that there are shrines set up, which, you know, wouldn't conform to a mo- the most traditional read of Islam. Um, by by most takes, but these are very meaningful to the local people believed to have, you know, kind of, their own sort of power. Well, that's, you know, it's a, it's a, um, leftover tidbit or bit. Yeah. <laughs> tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. And even, um, you know, one thing I think you encounter pretty regularly here is, um, 
a pretty pervasive belief in the evil eye. Absolutely. Um, you'll see kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, like a this kind of trinket hanging from the front uh, rear view mirror of a, of a car. Um, people often will wear it as a necklace. Um, and basically like this belief that if you say or do a certain thing, you may like attract the attention of kind of the omnipresent evil eye that could bring curses or something on your life or on your child's life. Sometimes people will say things or do things that are directly connected to kind of warding off any bad influence from the evil eye. You, you can see that it's, it's not that it won't be said directly, but it, you, once you see or hear something enough times, you realize that's what it's connected to, you know, Andrew, can you think of any of those things in American or European Western culture that we do just leftover things, superstitions, we might call them, but that people actually do. Uh, I think probably, uh, would it be like uh, knocking on wood or something? I mean, that's a great one. Like knock on wood. Uh, and people who do that, like if you ask them not to do it, then you have a really interesting response. Like, no, I don't really take it seriously. It's like, oh, well, then what if you didn't do it? Like, no, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> oh, okay. Or like, you know, people spill salt and like pick it up, throw it over their left shoulder. And it's like, yeah, sort of, sort of don't believe in it, whatever that's supposed to do, but I'm afraid not to do it. <laughs> it's really interesting. Right. Yeah, we actually have, we have, and then, <clears throat> I mean, this might not be as tied as much to religion. Our next door neighbor, she's actually um, tutored my wife some in Russian, but boy, the more we've gotten to know her, like she has so many superstitions. Um, wow. like we can never shake hands across the, uh, the door threshold. threshold. Sure. Um, we can never pass money across the door threshold. Um, <sighs> she's like pulled my wife into our apartment forcefully and then had her give her the money, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Uh, there's other yeah. things too, but yeah, that, I think that is everywhere, like you said. It's good to to say that. Um, I think the last piece to touch on, uh, of course, most people are familiar with um, the Soviet Union, the 20th century, and, uh, uh, you know, things in the 80s loosened up a little, probably the 70s and especially into the 80s, but that was a period in Russia's history of very intense uh, repression of religion and uh not just repression of religion but like a um extremely strong mindset demanded from the state of atheism and belief in no god and uh often you know people in the west often hear about you know it was uh you know christians that were sent to the gulags or churches that were closed um but actually pretty much every form of religion was Kind of repressed in that sure. time. So Islam, Judaism, uh, you name it. Um, and so that mindset, uh, I, I think what it kind of became towards the end of the Soviet Union was a more like, uh, you know, we're, we're all equal. Um, all beliefs are the same. Uh, a, a very, not just nominal, kind of a neutral view towards religion. And you meet, I would say there's the older generation, people yes. 40, 45 and older, you really encounter that here pretty commonly still in the yep. region. Who um, who came came of age like or, or came to their teens, right, still under Sovietism. 
Yeah, least, and yeah. your an example of that is like <clears throat> I have friends who, you know, will go to their house for a meal and uh this is, you know, these are Caucasus peoples. Uh they'll have the vodka on the table, they'll right. pour the glasses, they'll say the toasts, and then they'll wish you something in God's name, you know? Like uh <laughs> some kind of like blessing from uh the creator on you. And so like there's this real mix of like kind of uh vodka yeah. and god vodka and god basically <laughs> yeah for lack of a better word um yeah and uh I, so i think that um there is still that kind of leftover um kind of more neutrality towards religion um i it's going to be real interesting uh in one or two generations if that how how much how strongly that's still here you know i'm real interested to see as uh, times change, uh, history moves on. That I would say that that's kind of wraps up our first point. Religion in the North Caucasus is really diverse. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Islam is the main religion here, but it's not the only one. And then within Islam, there uh, is diversity uh, that you kind of see geographically throughout the region. Well, that wraps up our first of three releases on religion in the North Caucasus. Please uh, be sure to tune into our next one. Reach out on our Facebook page. Email us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we will see you next time. See you in my